is this foolishness? How many dreams can you shape in a minute, an hour? The kind of clean you like best. Lost three of my teeth, too. All right, so you lost. Next time you win. Steamy, hot, hearty, delicious, invigorating. Folks at home, folks at home, how you doing tonight? Welcome to a very, 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 very special episode of Ike Live. This is the Thanksgiving special, and we're on the heels of another Thanksgiving, and uh, we're doing a a great show tonight. And I got to tell you, we've got some amazing guests in studio tonight, and it's awesome to have guys in the studio. You know, we do Skypes. We do phone calls, and they're cool. You know, that's a good deal. But to actually have guys in studio uh, brings it to a new level, uh, to be able to, to talk with somebody one-on-one. And we've got an awesome show for you tonight. It's a great tie-in to this Thanksgiving theme. And in studio tonight, uh, joining us are two very special guests, two American military heroes sitting right here on our own couch. Super honor for this show. Uh, we've got Captain Jack Ontario. I know a lot of you guys know Captain Jack from... From Facebook, from Twitter, from all the social media feeds. And we've got Mark McCallan in the house tonight as well. I can't wait for this. It's going to be a good show. We're going to talk a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about what they've been through. We're going to talk about what they've done. And we're going, more importantly, we're going to talk about what they're doing now, what they're up to now. Uh, it's going to be a super, super show. The other cool thing is we're going to start the show with another topic. Uh, a lot of you know from following the hot topics on the web that there's a big, huge controversy going on right now in the Upper Chesapeake Bay. And all of us, a lot of guys in the room, have ties to the Upper Chesapeake Bay, the Susquehanna Flats. Big controversy about a huge fish kill going on right now in the Middle River. Uh, really devastating thing. And I'm not talking about five or ten fish. I'm not talking about a hundred fish. I'm talking about thousands and thousands of fish, including largemouth bass, turning up dead. And Middle River. Uh, super, it's a travesty. It's terrible. And we've got a special guest, uh, Scott Sewell's joining us tonight. Retired military state trooper. Um, uh, he's going to be joining us. Uh, U.S. Marshal, retired U.S. Marshal. He's going to be joining us. And he's really on the front lines of this whole sickening thing that's happening down there. Uh, so we're going to be talking to him, and we're going to start with him. But before we get to these two amazing guests and, and topics... Let's start as we always do, and, and, and especially tonight, and a huge thank you to all our military men and women, active and veterans. Thank you guys, men and women, for what you do. It's a fucking crazy world. Thank you guys for protecting our freedoms. Uh, shout out to policemen, firemen, EMTs. Uh, you, you guys do a great job, too. Thank you very much. Appreciate every everything you do. Uh, and let me start with uh, announcing my beautifully groomed co-host, Pete Klusik. How you doing, Pete? I am fresh out of hair and makeup. It's amazing. And uh, the one thing I noticed, I noticed two things when I first saw you tonight. You walked in five minutes before the show started as usual. It's okay. Uh, But the two things I noticed right away, one, you decided to keep the mustache. And we were making bets before you got here on, on whether that would stay. It, was that a was that was that a joint decision between you and your wife, or did you decide this on your own? <laughs> no, no, this was just purely my decision. She she would have never allowed it in the first place. Gotcha. But I'm I'm wearing it for men's health awareness. This is November, no shave November, guys. There you go. As I can see, uh, Captain Jack over there. So <laughs> rocking it for a bit. It's been no a second. Yeah, <laughs> been no shave since 1970. I That's think. true. That's <laughs> but, true. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep it through the month of November, and uh, it's it causes uh, people to raise their eyebrows. Wherever that, I go. That's Pete, cool. So, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Can you just uh, look and point to the camera for the fans at home? Yeah. <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. There's a lot of people waiting at bay for that point. That was uh, So the mustache is the first big thing, and I love it. I'm glad you kept it. The second thing, grooming-wise, I noticed, is your hair, the height of the hair. And, 
And if I could do this, Brian Carpenter, I know I'm going to put you on the spot here, but can you get a picture up? Of Kid and Play, please. Yeah. <laughs> of the old hip hop group, Kid and Play. Oh, Dave knows what I'm talking about because I remember Dave used to jump through his leg. That one Kid and Play move. He did that at Kadiddlehoppers back in the day. So he's <laughs> laughing back there. I know he knows what I'm talking about. But I got to tell you, the height, the the height of your hair tonight. That's impressive. Is fucking hot. It's high. Look at that. <laughs> and so is that a that's a that's a trick, a styling tool or a trick of the trade or how how did they get that height? Hey, you know, I just uh, I don't I don't really know. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> It's it's definitely there. I don't know. We got a new we got a new haircut today. We tried a new salon. I today like it. And, uh, I'm not I'm not sure. After that build up, I was liking it until you started. No 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 no. No, it's a good <laughs> and it's yeah, good. I, and I want to rethink this. No, don't rethink it. And Brian's going to pop it up right here in a second. Oh, there's a good one. G- give him one second. He's he's technically challenged like I am on the computer. Uh, when he gets us up, this is a total compliment because here's some. Look, there you go. There's a classic kid and play image right there. Yeah, let me find a better one. Yeah, Brian's going to find a better one. That one's a little far away. Uh, But you do look like kid and play. (laughs) Yeah, Brian. You do look like kid and play. Hold on. Here we go. All right, here we go. Here here it goes. Yeah, there it goes! Bam! Look! That's the two is right there. Yeah, that's you to the right, Pete. Very similar hairstyle. Uh, Do you have the Nike swish in your head? Not yet. I'm actually going to get the Ike shark symbol uh, shaved in the back of my head for the classic. That's perfect. Uh, So, number three point, before we continue, what are you sitting on tonight, Pete? Oh, man, check this out. I've got a... I've got a new helm here. You got a new ride. I do. A new ride. A new ride. They upgraded me from uh, the slump chair. Yeah. And uh, the frump chair. But hey, I love it, man. This you is look a, good in that this chair. Is, this is awesome. I black it, le- it, black leathers definitely suit you. Black leather. It's just like yours. Thank you. Yeah. It's very very cool. <laughs> it is very. Thank cool. you. Thank You're you. welcome. You're welcome. I feel comfortable. I'm well. It's glad to have you here. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff that you're uh, you're vested in, yeah. not only with the Chesapeake Bay, but with these two amazing gentlemen sitting on the couch tonight because you did fish with these guys, correct? I did. We had a blast. Fished with those guys. I also fished with you. You did. I know. That was <laughs> ju- and we're going to talk about that. That's, there's a lot to talk about in all those things. You yeah. Know? The, the cart master is your new tag handle. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, by the way, I did try to one-up you. You did. When I fished with these boys. Hooked the carp exact same way. In yeah. the exact same spot with the exact same lure. Wow. And, uh, How'd that go? And, and landed them. You did. It wasn't quite as dynamic and entertaining <laughs> as the way you did it. Took a little ride. <laughs> but we got them in the boat. Okay. <laughs> well, I, w- I will get to hear a little bit more about that. He did take us for a ride. He did. He towed us around the entire dock. Wow. He towed the bass cat for five minutes. Wow. Around the dock, tried to go take us underneath the dock. It was pretty crazy. That's a pretty powerful cool. carp. Yeah. He was big. I like that. Uh, let me continue announcing the room. And, and you heard me mention them at the beginning of the broadcast. And uh, Super honor. Super pleasure to have both these guys in the room tonight. Uh, let me start to my left, uh, Mr. Mark McCallum. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Great Thank to you. see you. Thanks for having me. You, you know, we just met tonight out, out at the Ike Live Bar out here. and. Yeah. Uh, had a, had a couple words, but man, I'm stoked to have you have you here tonight in the studio. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. It's Thank awesome. You. It's awesome. And and sitting next to you, I know you know this guy. Uh, <laughs> ah, <look. laughs> uh, and again, I I just met this guy a second ago. Yep. But uh, Rudy Lindsay in the house tonight, Captain Jack Ontario. How are Absolutely, you tonight? Absolutely, man. We're doing awesome, Mike. It's 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 it. Just awesome, man. I got to do some fishing the other day yep. and uh, getting to meet you guys. It's, it's definitely a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great show. And, uh, I, again, thank you guys for coming in. This, you know, just to give you a comparison, last uh, Thanksgiving, we had a Thanksgiving special. And it was a good show. And we had a little bit more of a uh, we were all costume. And it was kind of a little bit more of a comedic theme. But to have you guys tonight, uh, especially with your background, and, and we're going to get into that, and the tie-in to Thanksgiving it's amazing. So, so thank you guys. We, we, it's it's amazing that. to have you in the studio tonight. Uh, let me continue and back in the booth. The booth's super important because this show runs because of these guys back in the booth and uh, the the man that makes it happen. He pushes buttons. He don't know what he's doing half the time, but he does push a lot of buttons back there. Oh, Our very cool. own Brian the Carpenter, aka Ding Dong. Brian, how you doing tonight? <laughs> good man. Thank good you. to see you. You doing okay? Thank you for all that. Yes. You look good in your headphones tonight. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Brian, you've got you've got some cool stuff planned tonight. You're going to be uh, getting some callers in. You've got some video queued. Yep. A lot yep, of a yep, lot yep. of cool stuff happening back there tonight. Indeed. Okay. And sitting to your left 
is, you know him by the size of his head. It's just absolutely blocking out the sun back there. Uh, Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fathead, a.k.a. Worf in the house tonight. How you doing, Dave? All right, dude. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a respectful intro one of these damn yeah, shows. Yeah, no, no, no. It is. It's always respectful. Uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to be handling a bulk of the IMs tonight. Yeah. Okay. So you, you you big role tonight, but I'm not letting you off the hook because we got shit to talk about because we actually fished together too. Yes, we so, did. So pretty interesting. Yeah, man. So we got stuff to talk about. Okay. So we've got a a great show. Uh, I, I want to before we get into the Chesapeake uh, Middle River disaster. I like to give everybody an update uh, about what's going on. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier, uh, but for those of you that follow the show and have followed my social posts, you know that we had a great week with Hunter Shyrock. And, and Hunter Shyrock has a film company called 496. Um, amazing angler, amazing guy, but a sick-ass Film, filmmaker, uh, cinematographer. Uh, if you've seen any of his stuff, and if you haven't, go, go to his Facebook page. It's beautiful. It's like art, his stuff, right? Uh, and we had an amazing opportunity to fish with Hunter and film with Hunter five straight days. I mean, five straight days in a row, like grueling. And he's young and everything. He's in his 20s. But man, we beat we beat him up. Like we nice. we had him up five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. We worked him the nine o'clock at night or later every night, downloading videos. I'd come down here, it'd be like eleven o'clock. I'm ready to go to bed. He's still downloading <laughs> material. Uh, worked 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 him really hard. Uh, but we had a great week with Hunter Shyrock, and we got to fish with each member, official member of the Ike Live cast. It was awesome. So I, I, I want to do it in order. So let's start with uh, the first experience we had was on Tuesday with with Dave. And uh, Dave, it, it, pretty, pretty neat because we fished in old stomping grounds from our early days of club fishing. Talk a little bit about where we fished and, and what happened during that day. Yeah, we fished the uh, Salem Canal, and the last time you and I had both been there was probably 20 years ago, we, we estimate it. And uh, since we've since we've been there, they've put a giant boat ramp in, a beautiful facility. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the few places where we can run unlimited in New Jersey. Yep. The People's Republic of New Jersey does not allow you to yeah. run. Everything's no trespassing yeah. sign. Everything's trolling motor only. Uh. One place still... Where you could take a boat and launch it and fish the way you want to fish. That's because they just don't know it exists, I think. Or else they right. have laws and regulations for that, too, man. You're probably but right. That was pretty cool. It was a good day, man. Uh, getting to see Hunter yep. do his craft, which was uh, pretty neat. Uh, you know, seeing someone actually film the show and yeah. what's involved with that. Yeah. That was a good That was a cool experience. Thanks for bringing me out. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. And, you know, it's funny because we see each other a lot. Like, every week, every month, we see each other constantly. But we don't get to actually fish together a lot, nah. which was cool. You know, I, 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 it's it's a different perspective when you actually, you know, it felt like old old school times being in the same boat and uh, and putting some fish in the boat. And we had a good day. We caught some good ones. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, life will slow down for all of us, and we'll get to start fishing. When is that? Again. I'd like I to know. know <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know. Now, uh, do you want to tell the hat story? Because it's it, do, did you want to tell say something about the hat? Because that's funny. Yeah, no. And, you, and so. you're going to see it in the video, I'm sure. But you want to talk a little bit about the hat? I, I guess all I really want to talk about is, like I would say, in the last 20 years, I've had three hats that I've really liked. Yeah. And that because on my head, I have like a formal hat size of seven and three quarters. Right. So, and it, it, the name Fathead is for a reason. Right. It's not an ironic right. nickname. No, no. It's, it's, a, true. Legit it's a true nickname. name. Yeah. So it's a big head. So, well worn. Well earned. You know, th- this new Under Armour hat that, that you gave me is like my newfound love hat. Like yeah. it's, it's It looks one, good on you, too. Well, it's one that I, I, I can wear and not feel like I have a seven and three quarter head. Right. Like when I look at it from the back. You know, like the buttons. Yeah. Most of my hat just has two buttons, you know, used, and then all the other. <laughs> this one's got three. You know. Wow. Like, yeah. 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 It's, it's like what they do for fat people. They like take the sizes down. Like women saying they're in a five, but they're really like elevens. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, this is a great hat. It blew off my head, and we almost lost it. Yeah. It was about a foot underwater, and me and my, uh, Mike and I had a flipping contest to try to get it back. Yeah. 
and Mike Mike threaded the needle and set the hook on it and, and recovered my hat. Dude. Nice. It was it was yeah. awesome. It was it was a good moment. It was one of those natural moments. And and the the thing about Hunter and I told all you guys this, but it's neat. You're going to see it in the film. Is that it's a story. Like every day, it's a story. No matter what happens, if you zero and don't catch a fish, it doesn't matter. It's those little things that are really going to make these videos because it is a story of what happened during the day. Uh, but that was awesome, and I felt good catching that. It felt like I was catching a winning fish at the Bass Master Classic. <laughs> I held it up, showed it to everybody. Hey, People drive by. What's up with the hats today? What do you mean by that? Like, they sink. Like they rocks. do. Yeah. Like the, you used to lose a hat. Yeah. No problem. You got a yeah, lot of time. Turn just around, turn around. around yeah. You get go it. pick up the hat. Yeah. I think they used to have foam in them or yeah. in Ch- different Chinese, places. Chinese nylon. Yeah. Whatever they're making the hats out of today, man, they just they get wet. Boom! Right to the bottom. <laughs> to the bottom. It, yeah. You got to get back fast. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But that was a sinker, and we recovered it. So good day on Salem Canal on Wednesday. We got the fish. We got the fish on a place that you spent a lot of time. Which is the upper bay, mm-hmm. and it was uncharacteristic of of that fishery. It was not that crowded, which was neat. Right, right. And we had an interesting day of ups and downs. You want to talk a little bit about about the day? It was it was kind of sure. cool. Sure, it's uh you know we we started out expecting cause this time of year it changes. Every, moving, every day right? is changing. Fall, fall transition. They're changing the way they bite. They're changing their position. So yeah. it's like every day you got to reinvent yourself out yeah. there. And and uh, we 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 had to reinvent ourselves mm. pretty early because it was uh, you know the first couple hours of the day we 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 caught some small fish and uh, it it just wasn't uh well, they weren't really jumping in the boat right. for us but we were catching a few yeah and um, we decided to do something really cool. And to go smallmouth fishing. Good move, by the way. I still <laughs> want to cut my hands on that decision. That, we went, uh, we we went smallmouth fishing. We took advantage of a massive amount of current. A lot of current. Current coming, yep. running around the bay, and yep. the smallies were fired up. And uh, we caught some. We caught. Oh my God. Caught some nice. We fish. caught. We caught smallmouth. We caught largemouth. We caught white perch, yellow perch, stripers, stripers, carp, everything. <laughs> all all coexisting in the same place. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah. And then to to finish up the day, we uh, we um, you know tried to terrorize Route 95 with a uh, <laughs> what do they call the drone? The drone. Yeah. Uh, we decided to fly a drone <laughs> yeah. over Route 95, which you probably talked to, you know, with yeah. Hunter about it. I don't want to talk about this too much because they might send somebody after. Tonight I feel a little better. We got two military guys with us. I feel better about it, but that no. was that was questionable. Yeah, we just were thinking about well, that was a dumb move. But uh, but anyway, we uh, we finished up uh, fishing for largemouth where we started. And the afternoon tides just really brought that bite on. And yeah. Using some really cool techniques, yeah. man. Using that blade bait, that silver buddy bait. Silver buddy and a little Mollux blade bait. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, that Mollux was key. I'd never used that before. Yeah. But uh, it's amazing when you start fishing around with those blade baits how some of them are, man, they just, they're so easy to work. You just touch the line and it's vibrating yeah. already. And others, you know, are a little bit uh, harder to get yeah. through. But uh, I really like that Molex. I yeah. did a good job for him. Of course, I lost it on like the second cast the next day. Yeah. You, th- no, did you really? Yeah, I did. I wanted I did. that back. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> the, the second cast with these guys, first thing first thing I donate the Molex. I'll but. make a scuba dive later for that. Uh, really, Great day. Yeah, really cool day. I think. I think what you're going to see in that film, some very dynamic things happen. Uh, you're going to see some really cool stuff. And I don't want to give it away, but you actually coined a term there that I think you're going to be seeing a lot of people use after they watch you. Uh, you know, and, and, and the way you delivered it, I think, was very powerful, Pete. Well, So people are going to appreciate I was, that. I was in the moment. You were in the moment. There's no stopping it. You were in the moment. It was, it, it was a good day. It, it was awesome. And uh, the last day... Uh, Last day, which was Thursday, we filmed in a special spot. And I don't want to go too much into detail on where this spot is exactly on the map. I'm not going to give coordinates or any of that, any of that shit. But I filmed on day, on Thursday with our very own Brian the Carpenter. Uh, and it was pretty awesome for the same reasons. Uh, you know, I mentioned it with Dave. We don't get to fish together a whole lot. You know, we've known each other since, like, sixth grade. Uh, but but fun fishing days are rare. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, uh, chime in a little bit. Uh, we had a we had a neat day that almost didn't happen, right? Because of weather. Oh yeah. And, and we made it happen. We had all kinds of issues. Yeah. You want to yeah. talk a little bit about is some of your highlights? Me? Do the issues always follow me? Am I that black cloud? Dude, you are the black cloud. 
You're the blackout. We actually joked about it in the morning when, when we met, Dave. Yeah. So we pull up, and, you know, like, we're trying to, like, predict the ratio on how many times it goes bad, you know? <laughs> and I think when I got to McDonald's, like, yeah, about 80% of the time, if you fish with Brian, something's totally trashed. <laughs> Something happens. You either stick the boat in the mud, you lose a rod, you run out of gas... I don't know. You hit somebody driving. I don't know. Something bad always happens. I don't know. I yeah, anytime I fish a river tournament with him, I know that there's going to be something that goes wrong. Dude. It's going downhill, right? Yeah, it's usually out of my wallet. Yeah. I don't know about that. I don't that know about it's 50-50. But, but, we, but we, that's because we don't play safe. Right. No, we, we, we take chances. Yeah. We take chances. Yeah. The place we went, prime example. Crazy it's, place. some place 90% of the guys aren't willing to try. Aren't willing to try even if they found it. And shouldn't. And most of them are too lazy to yeah. find it. In any boat. In yeah. any boat. Let yeah, alone yeah. the little boats that we were in. Yeah. True. Yeah. So we f- we filmed in tin boats, which was cool, with smaller outboards on them. Yeah. We went to the glory, to the promised land, we under did, the... Under under, the, under a, a long bridge with uh, a current that you can almost wakeboard on. You, you could. could almost stand and surf <laughs> You could. On. Yeah. yeah. And, we're, and we're pushing it's through against scary. it. Yeah, it's the scary. Best w- dangerous. The best way to describe the current pouring out of there is, do you ever see the wave pools yes. where the mm-hmm. people actually oh, surf yeah. and they're just shooting? It's like that. It yeah. really is. Wow. Uh, and, and you've been in that place before, and you told me you were scared for your life. Like, actually scared for your life. Well, we, we, we went there figuring we had enough water to get under this this concrete yeah. and the tide's coming in the current's ripping and there's about this much space between you know my trolling motor and you know the, the concrete brian said yeah come on let's go <laughs> but we did it we did it and it was you know i was scared to death you're yeah. going through what's it 150 yards it's a six-lane yeah. highway with a with a median in the middle yeah. so it's big and it's, it's all it's all concreted in right yeah tide's coming up yeah. Wow. And I've got this much clearing. If we get stuck, yeah. that tide's just going to swap yeah. us, and we're it's toast. You can't even get out of the boat. Like you're wow. you're trapped in there. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, man, you, yeah. We got Dude. through. We got out the other side of that tunnel. And I mean to tell you, I bent over on my knees, and I, I had to catch my breath. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I breathed for 150 yards. I mean, I was scared to death. Yeah. Dude. Scary. Brian and I brought back what what was at the time the Delaware River record. It was like a 15 pound bag. Yeah. It was in his champion that rode high. Oh. Pete, I I was on my back on the front of his boat, using my legs to push the front of the boat down just so we could get out and make way. And in so fact, I, you guys, you guys had bags of concrete. Yes. To help weigh the boat down. And it didn't work. Yeah, no, nah, man. I still had to walk that whole... Yeah. I had to push the front of the boat down walking the whole length of that highway as while I'm on his 200, As I'm on a 200-horse outboard, yeah. giving it <laughs> just about everything she's got because it wants to jump on And his skeg, dude, the whole time. <laughs> I mean, it was wow. brutal, dude. Yeah. Wow. Scary. Scary. But anyway, but, we had we had a good shoot. We had a great shoot. We had some amazing things happen, really dynamic things happen. And we were ducking weather the whole time. And ducking well, weather. Yeah. We're, 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 I'm dying to know. Were they in there? They were in there... But they weren't packed in there like they can be. Okay. Uh, I think I think we ended up probably with a dozen bites. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's, yeah. No, that's a dozen awesome. fish. That, that, yeah, a dozen fish and yeah. more bites. Yeah. So it was a good day. Yeah, we got great. what we needed. You and, know. And and we uh, we did it with two boats and one outboard. Two boats and one outboard, Barter. which is really really interesting. We had a Barter. breakdown. A breakdown. Well, we had one that didn't work from the giddy. Dude, so. I, I pulled the cowling off and I was pulling mice nests out of it. Ah, <laughs> snake skin came out of the cowling <laughs> yeah. and, and and mouse shit. It was it was bad. Make a long story short, good day, Bry. Thank you for making that call and committing to it and dealing with the weather and making you go for it and making me go for it. Yep. I, I get I'm 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 a pussy in my old age. <laughs> when I was in my twenties, I would have just been happy, and and now I'm it's you know I'm a pussy. Belly boarded it. Yeah, uh, awesome show. So again, keep your eye out for this series, and and just to give you a heads up, I know a lot of you follow my social media. You know when it's coming, but it's coming. In January, it's called Going Ike. You're going to see it a lot of places. You're going to see it on my YouTube channel. Uh, super excited. We've got amazing filmmakers helping to edit and produce this stuff. Hunter Shyrock, Frankie Marin, uh, cast crew, bunch of guys. It's going to be amazing. So keep your eye out for Going Ike. Uh, I want to switch gears, Pete, a little bit and talk about here we are. It's almost Thanksgiving. Black Friday's coming up. We're on the heels of BU, Bash University uh, classes and, of course, Bash University TV. You want to mention anything about the development of that? I know we talked about it a little bit last Sunday, but pretty awesome shit happening with Bash University. Yeah, there's there's a ton going on. But nothing more I'm more excited about 
than the fact that I'm not wearing a pilgrim costume or a turkey, <laughs> which I normally am yeah, wearing. Yeah, no costumes tonight. <laughs> no costumes. We're, we're normal. We're regular. Yeah. That, that's very exciting. Oh, thank me. you. I, thank you very much. I, I just wanted to mention that. Okay. But, uh, but Bass U TV is... Uh, Man, we got a, gr- a lot of great things going on. We've got uh, we've got shows that I mentioned before, and I want to mention them again. Um, I think I listed them all last time, but we're going to be in Toronto, Canada. We're going to be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Cool we're going to be in Boxborough, Massachusetts. We're going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Columbus, Ohio, as well as Orange, Texas. Yes, uh, which is um, is our latest and greatest uh, seminar. We're so excited to be back in Texas, and what an exciting area that's so full of cool bass cool fishing enthusiasts yeah. And, yeah. and some of the great greatest bass fishing in the world down in that region. Yeah, so um, that's great, and we're going to be starting. Look for that at thebassuniversity.com. We'll have dates, times, you know, uh, hotel facilities, all the all the specifics that you need if you want to attend in person. And for those that, that don't live in those regions that are subscribers to Bash University TV, we are continuing to work on our Bash University TV program, continue to develop it. And uh, we did some trial runs uh, for Bash University TV Live. We're doing some testing, make sure the, the videos are working, the streaming's working. Right. But you and I are going to deliver uh, a live Bash University program. Yes. That we've been working on that's going to cater to, it's going to be exclusive to our subscribers of Bass University TV. You'll be able to call in, ask me and Mike questions directly. We'll be Skyping in some of our speakers. We'll be talking about the seminars and the topics that that, that our speakers deliver, uh, showing lures, tackle, giving our insights on, on those types of things, yeah. and making ourselves available to talk. Hardcore fishing. Yeah. You Techniques, wanna, strategies, yeah. patterns. Or, and even lakes. Right. You want to talk about Lake Okeechobee or you want to talk about, you know, fishing out of Lake Mead. Yeah. Anything you but know? the Woody Hole. <laughs> Anything but the secrets. Right. The secret no, secret, no secret. No secret. Um, but that's going to be available. That's coming real soon. We've made some uh, a lot of growth in that area. And, uh, and of course, um, we want to launch that and make that available to our students as quick as we can. And we will keep you posted on that. So look for Bass University TV Live coming soon that's awesome uh, you heard it there and you heard pete mention uh growth in that area and why we're talking about growth i'd like to talk about uh how we're doing on your weight pete <laughs> <laughs> i i i prefer to skip that section you want to say well let's, let's, let's just knock it out real quick i want to get i want to get to this now because i saw both dave and pete use our scale we have an official ike live scale out here uh and let's get an update as you know, uh, for those of you following uh, the saga, you say Sega or Saga? How saga. do you say it? Saga. The saga that sad, is... Sad story. Uh, that is the sad story saga that is Pete's weight loss. Uh, we started at 251, blossomed up to 255, Blossom. and then a huge uh, downward roller coaster ride over the course of about eight shows. Give it to us. Something to the theme of 48. 246, 42, 41, 35, 33, 29, 26, 23, 223. It was like, ah, ooh, ah, ooh. And then 225. Uh, the butterflies start to go away. Uh, 230, 232. And tonight? I Continuing that trend. Oh, yes. no. Unfortunately. It, it was all the food these guys bought. Yeah, it probably was. Not possible. You guys were responsible for this. No. We wouldn't eat the whole time on the boat. We would not eat. Until we caught a fish. Yeah. Oh. And, and he kept he kept on us like, hey, you guys want a snack? Yeah. I'm like, no, we're good. I huh? use that technique. Yeah. Hey, you guys want a snack? Yeah. No, we're good. And it went like that all day long. So wow. It was not us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can't place the blame, Pete. What is it? What I'll, do you got? I, I got to find somebody to blame, but I'm at 233. 233. All right. All right. So a pound up, but that's not bad. I mean, that's not that's yeah. not a huge weight gain. I'm not. A, I'm still overall. I'm still down quite a bit of weight. Right. You know. But uh. But yeah. I'm. You know. I've got a. I've got to make an adjustment here. Get this thing going. And right. My goal is still set at 250. I still want to get there by Christmas. You, you, I think you do. It. You put 10 on since you uh, bottomed out to 223. Yeah. I appreciate you pointing that out. I just want to, <laughs> I just want to give you that motivation. <laughs> in, in Pete's defense, he was eating healthy on a boat. Yeah. Oh. Thank see you. That? Thank he you. did eat a lot though. 
But he was eating healthy. <laughs> right. That was not a lot. He, 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 didn't eat a lot. he only took like three casts the whole day because he was constantly <laughs> feeding his face. Was that a lot? I didn't think that was a lot. I guess it wasn't. Well, look at how thin these guys are. I guess that was a lot. Okay. All right. So, no, we're just busting your ball speed. All right. And then, uh, you know, for the success of, you know, our viewership, we probably have tens of thousands of people that watch the show because of your weight loss uh, drama. And because of that success, we decided to uh, tally Dave into it. And Dave... You're, you've been on the downward trend since you started. You started more recently. Let me go back and, and read yours real quick. Uh, 270, uh, 263, 260, 257, 256. So not giant losses, but but you're going down. And tonight, drum roll, Brian the Carpenter, please. 53.5. Wow! 253.5. That's uh, two and a half pounds. Whoa. I was, I was about to take the pants off and have Brian hold a towel up so I could get 53. Wow. <laughs> Taking the pants off. Wow. That's I'm awesome. Good. That's scary thought. <laughs> Taking your pants oh, off. Yeah, Pete. like you've never seen it. Oh, Pete, okay. I believe you guys are going to meet at 240. <laughs> wow. <laughs> meet in the middle. Wow. That's amazing. All right. Well, thank you guys for catching us up on, on your weight. Uh, let me. Uh, we're about to switch gears here and get into this topic of the Middle River, but before we do that... Uh, yeah, let me let me remind you, feedback from you guys uh, is important, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear your comments, your questions, suggestions, whatever you want to talk about. We want to hear from you. It's super important. A lot of ways to have feedback on the show. Of course, the easiest way is the IM board right there next to your screen. We've got our very own Dave Brodzik tonight, man in the IM. Uh, uh, send us a message. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, another way? our social media and please hit us up uh we've got twitter instagram and facebook it's at ike live show let us know what you're thinking through social media and then finally toward the end of the show probably about the 8 8 15 8 30 hour we're going to open up the toll-free number we're going to open up the phone lines and we want you to call in we want to hear from you uh questions for anybody in the room especially our two awesome guests tonight uh so please talk to us and let us know let's get into it um this is a huge thing for me, personally, for a lot of reasons. I'm uh, going to let, let you talk about it a little bit, too. But we've got a situation here, Pete, where we've got a huge fish kill on a body of water that we both fish a lot and have a lot of history with. Uh, you know, you you practically, and, and, and it mids deep for you because you really make your living uh, on the upper Chesapeake Bay and in its tributaries, right? Sure. And so this is this is this is bad news, right? What wh- before before we get uh, an expert on the phone on this, what are your early thoughts on this whole situation, and 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 what have you heard? Well, you know, just to sum it up, because some of the people listening may not know right. what we're talking about, right. is you know, there's been a a pretty significant fish kill in the Middle River area, Middle River, which the Middle River, as many of you know, is where Aaron Martin's dominated the Bassmaster Elite yes. on the upper Chesapeake Bay. Yes. Right? So this is this is an area that we we all have, who have fished the Chesapeake have a love affair with. Years ago, we this place <coughs> was full of fish. Full of fish. And uh and tournaments had, won. A lot of tournaments won in the nineties, early to mid nineties out right. of that area. And big numbers of fish being caught. I mean you could go to the middle river and catch a limit of fish. Yeah. Even even if when it weren't big, you could still always catch a lot of fish there. Yeah. And uh fifteen years ago we had a fish kill. And um, there's it's it's struggled to recover. Uh, the uh, Scott Sewell man we're going to be talking to a little bit. It's done some fish stocking. State's gotten involved, done a little bit of fish stocking, trying to rebuild this river, and it's struggled to come back. Came back, dominated the elite tournament, and what happens that same year? I mean, just a, last week, Couple, yeah, months, three or four months later. It's there. There the the last report I saw was a hundred thousand fish. Wow, uh, killed. But and I've also heard opinions that that's an underestimation right. of the actual number. Right. Um, you know what's causing it? Is yeah. it is it now is it an algae bloom like the initial uh, State Department had alluded to, or is it man-made discharges that are aggravating what's taking place in nature that that could be behind this? I know there's a lot of people locally that are up in arms. They they really want to see some heavy. Uh, enforcement action here. They want to see some heavy study, but you know we're all you know as with all state agencies, you're limited by budget. 
Right. You know what 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 can they do and what what they're able to do financially to research this yeah. matter and uh, I don't know we're all very 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 concerned about it. Largemouth bass, it's they weren't all bass. You know there was bluegills, stripers, stripers, pickerel. There was no fish species that was didn't discriminate. Sa- discriminate. It right. got it got everything. It got everything. And I want to hear what Scott really has been spearheading this and uh i'm really anxious to hear you know some of his opinion because i'm i'm getting my information from what i read yeah but i'm i'm seriously concerned i mean this is a place where i live and work on yeah um i'm there you know 100 days a year yeah uh, and it's a healthy fishery yeah it's got a massive fish population and uh you know just to see part of it uh decimated like that it it it's very concerning if it is natural if it's purely natural then you know i I'm I'm very interested to know that because if it's not natural, I'm very anxious to attack the problem yeah. and, and do whatever we can as fishermen, as anglers, to uh, try to resolve yeah. the scenario. Yeah, and and you know before we we've got Scott on the phone, we're gonna get him on here in a second. But before we get to Scott, the bigger issue. So this is affecting us locally, especially you. But the bigger issue is this is happening other places too, right? We've heard of this the last few years happening all across the country. Uh, Joe Everett out in California had his lake go down. So this is a bigger issue, you know, especially if it turns into the pollution side of it mm-hmm. that affects everybody. So even if you're not from the Northeast or the Maryland area, this is an issue that's eventually going to affect you wherever you're at. Uh, yeah, it, it's def- it, it definitely it's a big big topic. Hey, hey, the the Department of Environmental Protection has made great strides in stopping the pollution. Yeah, you know, in in the permitting process and the enforcement process, things are a lot better than they were 40, 50 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it was like there was no holds barred 40, 50 years ago. I mean, they just throw a pipe out in any waterway, and the solution to pollution is dilution. You know, <laughs> just pump it out there, let it, and let it go, right? Yeah. And and you know, and 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 historically, that could be our problem here too. I mean, the Middle River historically had industry right. on it. It's now mainly a residential area, but there was, you know, there was a lot of stuff that has taken place there over the last hundred years, right? And maybe that's you know still affecting the waterway at yeah. certain tides and yeah. things like that. I really don't know. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump to uh, to the guy that really has probably the best handle. On this situation, uh, you know, this is kind of the guy that broke the story uh, and has really become an enforcer for the bay, for the upper bay, especially the Middle River area. Uh, joining us via phone tonight, uh, Mr. Scott Sewell. Scott, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you and Pete doing? Uh, we're, we're doing great. Th- thanks for taking some time out uh, to talk to us tonight. I know you've been uh, busy talking to a lot of people. Uh, you've been on the front lines of this thing from from the first moment that I heard about it. Uh, j- just get into it, Scott. To start start with, uh, you know, how, how did how did you guys figure this out? What was the first sign that you guys figured that that something was going on and there was a fish kill happening? Well, I, I live right here on Middle River. And I've lived here all my life. Wednesday, the 11th of November, Wednesday evening, I got a call, I guess it was around 4 o'clock, from a friend from Virginia who had come up to fish in Middle River. And he told me that, and he waited until he got home to call me because he couldn't find my number. But he said that there were a bunch of dead fish around the ramp and in Martin Lagoon area and Darkhead Creek. So I, I hung up jumped in my truck and, and ran right over there to the um, the ramp at Wilson Point Park. And sure enough, there were dead fish all along the shoreline, and there were many, many more that were, like, up at the surface and along the shore as if they were trying to escape whatever was in the water. Mm. And I, I walked around the entire park, and I, I had my camera with me, so I, I made, like, a little video and saw this beautiful fish. I mean, large, crappy, bass, pickerel, in distress or laying on the bottom. So I, I got right on the phone, started calling my contacts at DNR, who I work closely with for a lot of issues, with especially bass, because I'm the conservation director for the Maryland Bass Nation. So I called them and, and basically had to leave messages. It was uh, later in the day, and they, they did get back to me that night. And uh, they said that they would 
get a hold of Maryland Department of the Environment and have them come out the next day. So I got a call from the Maryland Department of the Environment folks, and I met them over there at the ramp, took two of their investigators out on my boat, and we went around and just saw literally thousands of fish on the bottom. The water was crystal clear. You could see down about four or five feet, and we had a calm day. You could see the bottom, and it was just so disheartening seeing all these fish laying there. There were still some that day swimming around like in a daze near the surface. Now, they, the Department of the Environment took water samples, and they also took some fish, some that were already dead and a couple that were in distress for sampling. But as of today, still, I haven't, we haven't heard the results back. Their initial um, or suspicions were a, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, a red tide, but an algae bloom in that area. And, um, but I, I, you know, this is November. Right. And typically those algae blooms happen in late spring, early summer when it's hot. Right. Heat. And the yeah. temperature was in the mid 50s at this time. So, um, they, they took their samples left the next day, and I started getting phone calls from a lot of folks in the area, uh, many of whom wanted to remain anonymous. But I had one fellow in particular who's been like my right-hand man in, in this. He met me over there the next day, and he showed me, I don't know if you saw in the video, what I referred to as the hidden pipe. We yep. did, yep. yeah. Yeah. There's a um, uh, big chunks of concrete were placed right along the shoreline where a pipe comes out. I actually beached my boat there. We got out, and he showed me this pipe uh, that empties right out into Calpen Creek, which is right near the Martin Lagoon, Wilson Point ramp area. And when we climbed up on those rocks, and he says, here it is, there was a strong odor emanating from the pipe. And there was a not a real strong flow coming out of there, but there was a flow coming out of like a clear liquid. And the inside of the pipe and the hanging down from the pipe, it was like, uh, looked like a snot, oystery look, something that was developing in that pipe. Mm. So I, I contacted uh, MDE, told them they've got to get out here and check out this pipe and to determine the source. Uh, the fellow who showed me told me it was coming from a chemical company that was just up the hill, maybe, I don't know, three or 400 yards from the water side. You can see it from the water. And oh, also with that pipe, you couldn't see it from the land because number one, it's fenced off part of the um, Mar uh, Lockheed Martin property over there. And there's the right, just before you get to the pipe, a second fence with a chain, chain link fence six feet high with barbed wire on top. So. This pipe was really hidden good. I fished this area all my life, and I didn't know the pipe was there. Right. And I was, uh, you know, Pete alluded to that fish kill we had back in the year 2000, 15 years ago. And that same, um, at that time, that was in uh, January, February time frame, and the, the water was frozen. And MDE investigated that and stated that the cause back then was a sudden change in salinity. I'll never forget that. As a matter of fact, I have my notes still from that year that I took, and I, I, I had a name of the investigator from Maryland Department of Environment. It was the same guy I had on my boat on Thursday. And I told him, I said, uh, you may not remember me because I had a lot of contact with you folks, and I, I kind of looked into that. I was, I was new. I was just uh, started out as conservation director at that time. So I really didn't um, have the the boldness, if you will, that I have now to just kind of, you know, I don't care who, who gets offended. I'm retired now, and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm my own boss, and I can be pretty tough on myself sometimes. So I said to him, you know, you all came out at that other fish kill, and you, you, you gave a reason as a change in salinity. I said, I've lived here all my life. I'd never seen that before. I said, I didn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. And uh, that fellow was pretty nice. I, I don't want to say his name, but he said, well, he said, we really weren't sure. And that was a uh, our best educated guest at the time. 
But back then, just like now, people were contacting me saying it was a spill at that chemical plant that had washed down into the river. Right. And back in uh, 2007 or 8, I was told, I didn't see it, but I've heard about it several times, and no one contacted me at the time. There was, uh, it was in the winter, and there was ice on the river, and a, guy, a lot of guys like to ice fish back in the lagoon. Uh, it's deep water there, it's 10 or 12 feet, there's a channel, and it's really, well, it was, really good crappy fishing. When they cut the hole in the ice, up bubbles up water, and it's lime green in color, and it turned out to be antifreeze that had been spilled up at that plant and apparently had come down, right down and out that pipe that I just told you about. Yeah, we're, and and uh, Scott, while you're talking, we're watching some video that Brian's pulled up here of exactly where you're talking about. So, the, Yeah, the, that video that's on right now, That I, I was literally holding back tears when I was filming that. There's a beautiful bass right there. That was all the way up at the headwaters of Middle River. It just becomes like a little stream, and it goes, uh, it goes up and underneath of a... The Amtrak lines up there. There's some big culverts that you, you that's uh, just above, right where this is taken. Fish swam up that creek from Middle River as far as they could, and there must have been thirty thousand dead fish right there. Now this was MDE made their estimate on Thursday, the 12th. They said they were going to go with a hundred thousand based on what they'd seen. Uh, oh the first day it took them out. And there's video Look at that. Look at of that. what I found up there. Oh, my God. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. The, the, mm. the, it's still tidal there somewhat. It goes up right to the bridge, but the bridge or the uh, culvert is elevated. So the fish really can't get past it. And there were thousands of little minnows, silverside minnows, bluegill, yellow perch. There were bass, pickerel. There's another nice bass right there. Uh, it, it was just, I, I just didn't have words. Hmm. There's the stream looking down. It runs down to Middle River. You can't get a boat up in there uh, because there's a shallow area just above the uh, Eastern Avenue Bridge on Middle River. But there, there you're seeing the, the just numbers of fish. The entire bank was covered on either side. Look at that right yeah. there. Mm. You know, was, uh, you know, Scott, and not even that. It, those fish are being eat by, eaten by wildlife. Yeah, birds. Birds, raccoons. And if that meets that poison, I mean, the, the death isn't done. The effects on yeah, it aren't, um, aren't done. MDE, sticking with their story about the red tide, said that that wouldn't hurt anything else. It only affects the gills and fish and prevents them from taking oxygen in through the water. They said if birds eat them or other creatures, but... I, if, if in fact that is the case of the kill, personally, I, I don't, I'm not convinced at this point. Right. So, I'm of the opinion that it was a toxic chemical spill. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that, so uh, fr- from, Scott, from the state agency themselves, right now, at this moment in time, at, at 10 of 7 on Sunday night, it's inconclusive from those guys to what the cause is. Is that correct? Yeah, they're waiting for the results on the water samples that they collected. Hey, hey, Scott, it's Dave here. We're both retired law enforcement. Why don't you go get yourself an old piece of wood that was saturated with the water? So when they come back with their cover story, you maybe can get a, a, a secondary test. Because any old piece of wood's going to retain whatever whatever was released. No, that's a good idea. There's some uh, there's some driftwood or, or there's a laydown right there where that pipe comes out. That, that's a possibility. But they, after the biologists from MDE took their samples, and then the following Monday when I, I took them out and showed them this pipe, they did collect the sample from there, but then they notified their enforcement arm of MDE, and they came out took samples out of that pipe and up at the chemical plant. They um, they took some samples from around the plant where, where they have a containment pond and they also i talked to those folks the investigator he told me that that pipe the hidden pipe runs right up to that company and it's uh there's a great cover drain right at the driveway they're kind of a little hill and all the runoff from around their building 
runs down into that graded drain and straight out to the river. And I've had, I can't tell you how many people, ex-employees of that company and others, family members have called and said they have stuff happening all the time that ends up out in the parking lot and they just take a big hose and wash it down into the drain. That happens, actually. I can, that, that actually does happen. People that, sh- that store chemicals, they don't report everything that gets spilled. I know right. that to be a matter of truth. Right. Well, uh, Scott... Yeah, one individual sent me pictures uh, of spills inside that he took with his uh, phone and has saved them. And uh, he, he, he sent me just tons of material, which I have, in, in, in turn, passed on to... Um, an investigator with the uh, with the state of Maryland, who is not with MDE, but they're they're going to be looking at this very closely too. And he asked me to keep it confidential for right now on their side of it, but this is going to be really looked into. I want to tell everybody listening that a lot of folks were upset 15 years ago, and then seven years ago when that second spill occurred that, that the, with the antifreeze that this company has gotten away with this. But I'm telling you right now, everybody is aware of this now. Elected officials came out. I took out two state senators and a state delegate. Oh, that's uh, then great. The news media has picked up on it here, the major TV stations, um, the major, uh, the, the Sun paper, the major uh, print media, and also two local papers have picked up on it. And I took them out and showed them all around and showed them the dead fish and showed them the hidden pipe. So this is not going to go away. This time it's not going to be swept under the rug. Right. And we're going to demand answers this time. And hopefully if it is found that there were intentional violations, then hopefully there will be prosecution and those responsible will be forced to pay to restock the, the upper part of Middle River. It, it affected the creeks right there by the lagoon and Calpen and Darkhead, and then it, the tide carried it up into Norman Creek and into Hopkins Creek and up into the main stem of Middle River where it went all the way up to where you saw all those dead fish. It also carried it around over into Stansbury Creek and Frog Mortar. And uh, it, it just it, it's killed everything. Scott, it's Scott, everything this, from the smallest minnow up to the biggest bass. But Scott, this is Pete. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, we all do. Those of us that fish the Chesapeake, and I think anybody that's concerned about the environment, appreciate you. You know, policing this up and and spearheading it. And I want to let you know that I'm available to help you out any way that I can. Uh, in, in the resources that I have, and I know uh, with the Ike Live show, I'm sure we'll we'll keep th- keep things posted. Yeah. But um, but there's there's a couple things. I, I, one of the primary things that that I just want to comment about is, you know, man, this river is just com- coming back from what some of the devastations that it had. This, and my point in saying that is, it seems to be a chronic scenario here. Right, because this happened 15 years ago, the river has had a very, very difficult time rebounding. It's never gotten a foothold like it had at that time. And I've fished the Middle River for years, for the last five years. I've gone down once or twice a year at the request of uh, clients mainly, and uh, the the habitat is amazing. The milfoil is lush. It's a beautiful um, looking river system the the like it used to be when every dock had a limit of fish on it yeah back 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 years ago and so so my concern is that this has been there's some kind of seepage or some kind of repetitive scenario whether it's natural or whether it's man-made there's some kind of repetitive environmental scenario here that is preventing these this this river from sustaining itself and i i hope we can find the point source of it i really do i am you know maybe i hope that that's what it is it is a point source from some chemical company somebody on a on a uh, social media suggests that maybe it's uh tilly chemical i don't know yeah well, there, there are some companies down there, and there's been a lot of historical companies down there, 
right? So this could be a historical problem, not even associated with the companies that are engaging. And I, I hate to throw somebody under the bus, company out there. Maybe they've got a very clean environmental record. It's not yep. them. So True. we don't we don't know. We don't but, know. We, but uh, what it, I guess my my main question to you is what now? Like uh, we want to hold these folks to the, their feet to the fire, not. The DEP and the whoever's investigating this. Um, how, how do we, when, when's their next report? Have they let you know when we can expect to hear something? They told me it would take about two weeks, and so I'm hoping this coming week now I, I will hear something. And uh, I wanted to also say that you were right on, Pete, about in the 90s down here. I've been a member of the Maryland, Maryland Bass, well, it was the Maryland Bass Federation back those days is what they called it. And I joined them in the early 90s. And we're, there would be big tournaments out of Dundee Creek. I mean, 80, 90 boats. Mm-hmm. And half mm-hmm. the field would run out of Dundee over to Middle River. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. And most of them would come back with good bags. You, you were right on the money when you said it was full of big fish. Then after that big kill in the year 2000, the bottom dropped out of it. So I, when I got involved as conservation director, I contacted DNR, and we put together a stocking program with uh, small fish to try and build a population out. Then about five years ago, um, I started my, my club, a couple guys in there, myself, we started raising money to buy adult fish. And uh, we, we use an approved hatchery from up in New Jersey, as a matter of fact. And every year, the guy brings down whatever money we've raised. Um, this year, he brought down 150 adults, and we get volunteers, and we put, we spread them out. Like, it's some in the Sioux Creek, some of them are in Frog Water, uh, throughout the entire system of Middle River. And we've been doing that for five years. And we really have... The fishery was looking good. I mean, there were so many, so much forage for them that sometimes they were hard to catch because there's so much. You saw all these little fish. I mean, everything was back thriving. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we got such good-looking grass, clear water. Everything was beautiful. And, of course, when Aaron Martins won, I was a camera boot uh, during that event, and I was sitting right there watching him fishing when he caught that big fish and all the others. Uh, we said... You know, we're giving ourselves high fives and pats on the back saying the river is back. Right. And then this. Uh, uh, It's just so disheartening. But we're not going to stand still. I've already talked to DNR and said we've got to put together a plan. We're going to have to start from the bottom up, stock minnows, bluegill, crappie, bass, you know, and and we're not talking 150. We're going to have to get thousands uh, to, to, to get this back as soon as possible. Otherwise, it'll take us probably 10 years by this natural, you know, reproduction and whatnot to get it back to what it was before two weeks ago. Yeah, Scott, uh, we've got a few IMs coming through from uh, listeners and, and, and people that are watching the show. Dave, what do you got back there for Scott? A couple interesting things. So some observations were made. People observed that if it was an algae bloom, the water is crystal clear. Where's, where's the green water? For the algae bloom that usually occurs when there is one. Gotcha. Second, uh, Greg Hall says you know he was on scene. He says the pictures aren't doing the amount of death justice. That it was just fish scattered everywhere. Wow. You can almost walk across some areas on top of fish. Yeah. And it isn't it isn't it isn't just here. Ian, the host of Fear Fishing podcast, he said they had up on one of his rivers uh, some sewage plant released about seven years ago had a massive release and wiped out the entire river of. Uh, of a steelhead, wow. floating everywhere. Yeah, but no, I kind of the clear water was kind of striking. You know, if it was an algae bloom like we experience on Newton Creek, mm-hmm. it becomes like antifreeze green. You know, here this stuff's gin clear. Another person observed were they running from something else and came up that way, and that's where they died. Right. Well, that that's that seems to be the case. I mean, these fish like they were digging for a safety zone. They were looking for fresh water, looking for a way out. So those creeks seem to be really concentrating the fish. And 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 we really got to look at the science of this stuff because there's a lot of killers out there that aren't going to change the water color. You know, there's there's um, you know well, arsenic, mercury. It, it, crystal clear water can be very polluted and it, it can be starved of oxygen and and um, you know so it's. Uh, 
I'm anxious to hear what the samples, you know, what the samples come back. But but I agree with like one of the comments, like what what you guys saw, Scott, is probably just the tip of the iceberg of what actually happened over that whole river system. Those fish all over that river, I'm sure were impacted right out there where Aaron was fishing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure all the fish in that zone were were impacted by this, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and one of the things I stressed to um, to the news media when I talked to them because they really didn't understand, I said. This wasn't just a big school of Menhaden that swam into a creek and sucked up all the oxygen. You see that every now and then. It's happened up on the Susquehanna where a large school fish will come up and they say that they deplete the oxygen and, and a lot of them die. These were our resident fish. Bluegill, bass, crappie, they, they don't go out into the bay. They stay in the river systems where they were you know, where they were conceived, and, and they'll spend their whole life there. As you know, as long as there's cover and food, they'll stay right there in that river system. And the one thing we did not see was stripers, a rockfish, because, you know, they live out in the bay primarily. They come up in these rivers every day to feed, and the striper fishing has been really good here. Uh, when we've been bass fishing, we've been catching them. And... What they probably did when they swam up, you know, and, and sensed that something was wrong, they just turned around and hightailed it back out of the river. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. the bass and the bluegill and others, they only had in, in their minds one, one way to go, and that was upstream. And they just got as far as they could, and the tide carried it right up there with them. Yeah. Scott, yeah. Scott, were there any snakeheads found? I'm sorry, what? Were there any snakeheads found? No. No. Um, no. No snakeheads, uh, carp, a lot of carp, a couple catfish, but the primary were those fish that you see right there. They're silver side minnows, bull minnows, killifish, bluegill, and birds. everything. It's it, it's interesting that the stripers maybe the stripers could have retreated to the salt water and maybe that's why they weren't impacted. I'm just guessing, yeah, but but is yeah, uh turned around is any is anybody been fishing out there? Is has anybody caught a bass out in the middle river since this has happened that you're aware of? Not that I'm aware of. Some folks uh, there's some fishing piers right off of Wilson Point Park where I, I call that ground zero, uh, and they. I've talked to them when we've seen them out there, and I've been taking, like, elected officials and, and members of the uh, press out. We've seen them when we've asked them, are you catching anything? They're like, no. But I was here a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and I caught some nice yellow perch. There's some nice crappie. Mm. And we said, well, the reason you're not catching them is they're all dead now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's sad. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Yeah, it's it. This is a shame. It's uh, it, it's a travesty. I mean, I think anybody that fishes, um, anybody that has, uh, you know, roots to to going out there and fishing, whether it's here, the Upper Bay, or wherever they live, this is a travesty. And um, we mentioned it earlier, Scott. Uh, thank you so much for what you're doing because we 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 need people like you. We need guys like you. To be a watchdog for us, to to hold people accountable. Uh, you know, you're on the front lines, uh, getting uh, down and dirty every day to try to figure this out. We we really appreciate that, and I know our, our listeners and viewers do too. Uh, Scott, thank you for joining us. Will you do me a favor? Will you join us back uh, in a couple weeks during our next show to to fill us in with what's going on? Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, Scott, thank you for joining in, and uh, we'll be in touch, and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, Scott. Okay, and thank you for bringing this to the public's attention, too. Guys. No, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. See you, guys. Bye. You know, the, the one thing that I really hope gets accomplished through all this is they find out the culprit. Most, right. Lot, if it's natural or either, man-made, either whatever one, way right? it is. Right. I, give us an answer. Yeah, because you know what scared me? Because he goes back to the, the, the deal in 2000, and, you know, he said um, the state agency, right, you, you know, and, and you look to them to be the ones that say, here it is, and then when they say it, it's like going to the doctor, right? You go to the doctor, you got a pain in your yeah. stomach, you ex- expect them to figure out what the fuck's wrong with you and make a diagnosis. So the state agency, right, we're holding them responsible. And in 2000, they said, 
um, it was a salinity right. level. In in the dead of the winter, it was a salinity issue. And then all these years later, he gets the same guy in the boat, and he says, Ah, oh, well... You know, really, it was inconclusive. We really didn't know, but we kind of thought it might have been that. Made an educated guess. That's that sucks. Well, it's, it, it is. It, it's a terrible thing because if it was a salinity issue, it happened and it was gone. Right? right. So you can't sample for that. Right. It was an instance that took place. This was an oxygen depletion or chemical, and and it, at that moment, and it killed all those fish. That condition no longer exists. Right. So now these these they have to do the forensic studies and try to backtrack and 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 make an educated guess but i i really hope it's more conclusive than that i hope we're so fortunate that we find out exactly what the culprit was whether it was naturally environmental or it was some type of pollution and then we can attack the problem right you know whatever it was right that's what i hope for and hope comes out of this i really do and i think everybody does yeah, me too. Brian Carpenter. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting the sign for Brian Carpenter. Now, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're actually going to take a really short break. We're going to take Brian Carpenter, give me three, four minute break here. Uh, we're going to get a chance for everybody to refill their drinks, take a leak, and when we come back, we're going to get into the big part of the show, which is we're going to start talking to our guests sitting on the couch here. Uh, and, and this is this is amazing. We've uh, we're we're going to dig into their lives a little bit, past and present. And find out what these guys are up to. Uh, so stay with us. Hang in with us for about three or four minutes. When we come back, Mark, Captain Jack are going to be talking shop. Yeah, stay and we're going to roll a video of uh, this is Rudy, Captain Jack Ontario. This yep. is his video from uh, doing work overseas. Okay. Hang with us, guys. Three minutes. We'll be back. Ike Live. <laughs> 